Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast, take two. Take two. With yours truly, Flying Smitty. And Carson Wood, a much more wet Carson <laughs> Wood. We had to get rid of the dog. He was getting a little licky. Getting? He wa- okay, he was. He's and always is. been. Yes. He just, it's who he is. We can't change him. <laughs> we can't. If we did, he wouldn't be Abbott the Rabbit. Just like you can't change the uh, Brazilian judges. They're always going to go with their Brazilian. Yeah, speaking of which, I was like, mm, Vitor didn't win that fight. Guess who said he did, who we're going to have on the podcast again so you can actually talk Danilo. about that. Danilo. Of course he did. He's Portuguese, man. He's Brazilian. He's straight up Brazilian, yeah. Uh, well. I'm surprised Medeiros didn't lose the Silva fight even after knocking him out cold. <laughs> and Maxway didn't lose the main event after knocking Jose Aldo out cold. Hey, hey they, they were letting that one go. Um, it was a good card. It was. It kind of delivered exactly as I thought it would. Not, not necessarily the results that I thought, obviously, because I picked all the Brasileiros, but um, for the main card. But it, uh, it was, it was, it lived up to what I expected it to be. The UFC two twelve hype. Was it? Was it the real UFC two hundred? No, <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, no, a lot of these things I really liked. Asuncao Morales, I think, is definitely worth talking about, which was on the the, the prelims. Um, <clears throat> as we discussed this, you you mentioned that uh, Morales was actually telegraphing his shots, and I didn't necessarily notice it as much until you mentioned it, and it kind of did, it did look that way, and he's a very fluid fighter, and he was the best in the WSOF, and just absolutely rocked everybody, and he was a big favorite coming in against Asuncao, who I actually bet on. Um and so, it you saw was the difference. To me. Yeah, you saw the difference. The, the high level striking of someone that's been in the UFC for he's, a long period of time. He's fast, but that whole division's fast. Yeah. Well, and like I mean, it, it took him longer to you know, like we talked about. We talked about it with uh, Gustafson. Gustafson's uppercuts, you know, they came from his hip, and all of a sudden, boom! He just fired it straight from the hip. There's no telegraphing anything. It just was straight there. Mm-hmm. Asun Sal kind of looked at the same. You know, he, he had the same movement and the same kind of, uh, the same combinations and everything as he usually would. But when you put him against Marlon Moros, you could tell the difference in, of how quick he was and how methodical it was as compared to, you know, Moros, where it seemed a little bit more mechanical you could kind of see it coming winding up different things like that i think he still beats i think moreau still beats most of the top 10 in that division however um asunzao looked really really good what division oh that's 135 never mind (laughs) not one no that's not 145 oh no that's 125 right uh, one third. This is Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw. So yeah, one thirty-five. I mean, I think he could. I think he beats potentially Aljamain Sterling, depending on his his wrestling. I think he beats Brian Caraway. Um, but it would be. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see him fight. And I think there's a lot of a, a lot of potential in that division. He's only going to strengthen it. And two or three fights in, he could easily he could easily get a title shot. Maybe not two to three, four to five. Maybe, maybe less. I think it's three and out. Oh, you think he's going to lose three in a row and be done? Uh, not necessarily. I think he'll fight his contract out, and I think he'll probably leave. Because from my understanding, the whole reason to jump over the UFC, you are initially taking less money mm-hmm. um, to possibly make more money. He, he was making 50-50 in WSOF, which right. is good. But he could have easily made more in the UFC if he 
you know, if he was in the top four, he could have made 50-50 easy. Mm-hmm. And everyone knew who he was because WSOF well, I had... I think the top four making 50-50 in that division. In the flat... If Roy Nelson bantamweight, wasn't... Sorry, they're bantamweight. Yeah. 135. That's, well, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, was I said. Just, I was just clarifying. You said 145. I said no, 135. No, I said 135. And then you said no. And then I said 125. And you said no. It's the same as Dominic Cruz and TJ Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said 135. 135. Yeah, yeah, We yeah. were both right, except for the time you corrected me. <laughs> so, I I mean, him and, Tom, him and Thomas Almeida would be super exciting, I think, um, because Thomas Almeida is a striker. Both Brazilians and Brazilians don't want to see them fight each other, but I think that's exciting. Well, he just fought a Brazilian, so maybe he's cool with it. Exactly. Uh, John Lineker as well, because John Lineker is very mechanical as well, but he hits really hard. Would be an interesting fight. Caraway, not so much because Caraway. I don't a heavy think he wrestler. telegraphs though. He Lineker Lineker fights like Jessica Andrade, where it's just like straight from the hip, and he just fires. He like, he can, but I don't think he necessarily does. Like his is a lot of ducking and exploding. It's not so much like. But when you duck. That's pretty good uh, telegraph that you're throwing an overhand right. You don't have to, but that could be. Like, I mean, but even then, you're still extended. He was, like, he was telegraphing kicks. He was telegraphing throws. I mean, he didn't always. Like, he was in jabs and stuff like that. I mean, it was normal. But, like, the this when you knew that he wanted to go for broke, you could definitely tell. But um, I think Lineker's still even a little bit different. I don't think he beats Lineker at all. Interesting. You think he goes three and out, huh? Not three, lose, loses three. Oh, okay. I think he's. What I was saying is, I think that he. I guess I don't know how many fights are in his contract. I should probably look that up before I start just mouthing off. But I think he fights his contract out and leaves. Um, just because I don't think the only way it would make sense for him financially, in my understanding, is if he gets, he gets a, a title, title shot. shot. And I don't think that's going to happen. Well, from what we know, title shot having a belt doesn't guarantee you pay per view points. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, so what was your favorite fight on this card then? Um, Boachina. Yeah, it was, it was Bang, Bang Bos, Bosch. What, how Bang Boche, I think is what they were Something saying, like which that. I thought was Bang Bos, but or Bang Bos or whatever it was. But yeah, from what they were saying, it was Bang Boche. Um, what was yours? That was a pretty good one. The weird, like, he actually called them gorilla punches, right? They said hey, we might actually see those gorilla punches. With a weird downward swing, or the double fisting thing, it was like That's what, it what was. Derek. Well, he did one before where it was just yeah. one, and then he double hit him. It sounds like a, it seemed like a really good way to bust your hand open. Not open, sorry, just bust your hand. Period. Uh, I don't know. Your, I mean, it could. Your, I don't know. Your pinky's by far the weakest part of your hand, and so to hit someone straight up just right with your pinky, yeah, you're tucking down. It. Even still, I think more your wrist than your pinky. You I don't think you'd break your pinky at your all. Wrist. Um, I don't know. Yep. I, I don't, I, I mean, I guess try it. It just seems like a bad move. It just, apart from just being like sporadic, but Borashin had didn't even see like, seem like he was uh, faced by it. So that was Borashin's first fight in the UFC. What do you do with him next? I mean, do you slow play it or do you try and make a star up? No, sorry. His second one. His first one was a, a, like a 71 second knockout of Gareth McClellan. I mean, mm-hmm. You, you have to pretty much go slow at this point. What else are you going to do? Throw him into a title fight? You, everything's wrapped up until the middle of next year anyways. Well, I don't mean like that. I mean, there's still plenty of people above him. Do you throw him against a ranked opponent, I guess? Is yeah. yeah. Top 15 or top 10? Do you have the rankings pulled up? Uh, these guys are... What weight are these middle guys? Eight. 
middleweight. I should have known that, but the pictures don't do them justice. No, well, that's the thing is I thought those guys were like I looked at them. And I was like, oh, yeah, light heavyweights. And just then looking at the stats, I'm like, they're middleweight? Yeah, they look like light heavyweights. Daniel Kelly, so 15 up. Daniel Kelly, who's fighting in New Zealand. Sam Alvey, Uriah Hall, Talos Latis, who I think is retired now. Give him Uriah Hall. That one right off the bat. I don't even I think know who I think Sam Alvey. No, you need, because he's going to be a big, they're trying to build him as the next Anderson Silva. You need him to beat names to get up. And Uriah Hall has as big of a name in the top 15. I mean, Sam Alvey. Derek Brunson, but he's an eight. I, I don't think you want to do that yet. Maybe not that high. I think you do, you save him for another Brazilian card. I don't know when the next one is. And it would be a free card, and you put him probably co-main. I don't know if he's co I, I think you put him potentially. Listen, I, if I Artem Lobov is a co-main or a, a, a headliner, yeah. Bohashina can be a. Yeah, Uriah Hall's coming off of three losses. You could easily. Ooh, maybe they don't in. want to do that and, then for and, Uriah Hall. Well, and he, he also ju- he beat Boche in the first round, or Boche in the first round. So they fought each other, and then he lost, and then he beat Musasi, and then he's on a three fight losing streak. Mm-hmm. So he's got to win or get booted. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you're trying to get rid of Uriah Hall, I mean, that might be a good way to do it, potentially. But if you want him to stay, then that's probably not the best idea. Mm hmm. Yeah, man, I I really enjoyed that fight. I think my favorite. I, I like the Yancy Medeiros Eric Silva fight a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of Yancy Medeiros. He has the same mentality as Max Holloway. They actually train together, and he just goes out there to put on a, a good show, win or lose. And he's lost and been knocked out. But every time he goes out, it's just to put on a good show. And so does Eric Silva. Anytime Eric Silva fights, you know he's just going to go out there and put on a show. And every time, it's just a, a really, really good time to watch. Um, the main card, Hawaii, was the only the only uh, the only region that up. could beat uh, Brazil. Man, Brazilians swept it. Other than that, well, and the, the Keller guy who immediately made me not From like him card. very much. Really? Yeah, I guess that's true. I like that man. When he was having the, fun when he was saying, "Kill him!" Or, no, you're gonna die. You're gonna die. Shh. I think that's pretty funny. Apparently, he's got. A, I didn't notice. He's got a big uh, Christ on the cross on his chest. Well, I liked it because they've been saying that for years, and nobody's died. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I mean, Mar- Mario Yamasaki really wanted Johnny Eduardo to die because Matthew Lopez just kept punching him and punching him and punching him. And you didn't see this one because we were in the store, but I was watching it on my phone, and he was out for a while, hmm, and he just continued. And then he came out in the post fight and was like, apparently. Mario wanted him dead because I was wondering why the fight wasn't called. Was so Dana it was super, upset? Super interesting. Dana hasn't said anything about it. It's probably because it was on the FS1 prelim, so no one really saw it. So he doesn't. Yeah, have but to he hates Mario. It. He does. I'm surprised Mario Yamasaki is still a is still a ref. I don't think he has a say. I don't think Dana has a say at all. Well, the athletic commissions have to hire them, and you think Brazilian athletic commissions are really like coming up and getting American refs to go down there? I don't know how that works. Yeah, that's something we got to figure out because I thought they were the refs were hired on by the ask Jordan. He would know he fought commission. in Brazil. I should ask Jordan and uh, Russia for that matter. That I mean, if if they don't have a commission in any of those countries, then he would they would have had to have found somebody for him. I don't know. So what about the uh, submission? Match between Antonio Carlos Jr. and Eric Spicely. 
I thought it was good. Pretty good. Um, I wanted Spicely to win. I like Carlos Jr. from that se- season of the Ultimate Fighter. I wanted him to lose in that, too, um, just because I wanted all of Vanderlei's guys to lose. But Shoe face? You wanted Shoe face to lose? I did. I actually really liked the guy that he fought. He was a tall, lanky guy, um, but the way that he dominated everybody, I just didn't see a way that he was actually going to do it, which I, sh- I didn't want to look up any of the results because this was way after the fact. I, w- I just watched it last year. I think it's been out for like three years, but... Um, no, yeah, I, I I wanted Spicely to win, but I'm not not upset that a Garo de Zapata was won. So let's talk. What do you do now, right? Belfort, Marquardt. What do you do now? Belfort says he's got five fights left. Have fun in Bellator, bud. <laughs> no, he's got five fight no. contract. They're just gonna no. kill him. I think he he makes money. You just put him on every freaking Brazilian card and just let him. Bring people in. Yeah, the next. Yeah, they can do that. Belfort, whoever they want to put him against, Silva. I don't care. And then put in, uh, put Silva. in Borashinha, Silva too, if you want. Um, put him on that card. Cyborg, Jose Aldo, just get those five. Well, yeah, Cyborg shouldn't probably hang out in the U.S. anymore. She's got a felony charge coming. <laughs> up. So, I mean, who do you even want to watch Belfort fight? Is there anyone? I mean, he's ranked eleven now. I don't want to see him fight Uriah Hall. I don't want to see him fight Sam Alvey. I don't want to see him fight Jodko. I don't want to see him fight Brunson or Silva or Weidman or Souza. Like, I don't really... Play it back for Silva. I'm okay with that. I think that's the only one. And I think if he guaranteed to retire after that, then I would be okay with it. I just am kind of done with him. I don't care about Vitor Belfort anymore. Nope. Unless they let him do steroids. And especially if he's going to fight to decision instead of actually trying to finish somebody. I, I I honestly think he lost that fight. I don't think I don't think either of them did. I think we all lost that fight. I didn't think it was it, that bad. I didn't they, think it was bad as just, you did. But. They should have just called it a draw and left it at that. What was the one? Was that the fight that they gave a 30-27? Yeah. What the hell? Yep. That was no, it. no, it wasn't. It was the split decision one. That's not true. That was the split decision. Oh, they one. were a split. They but weren't. wasn't a thirty twenty seven. Oh no, it was a Sun Sao. Someone gave a Sun Sao a thirty twenty seven. Oh, yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that was a little much. Um, so Claudia and uh, Carolina, what do you what do you do next? Neither of them are getting a title shot. That division's kind of stuck with Joanna. Do you? I mean. You they have to have keep... a plan because they already knew that going in. Even if Cla- uh, even if Carolina would have won, what would you have done with that division? I mean, one one more fight and she gets a title shot, maybe again. She didn't do terrible. No, no one has looked good against Joanna, but she didn't do awful. Her and Claudia kind of looked almost even in different ways because Claudia used her wrestling and Carolina used her striking. Claudia just Claudia ran straight through Carolina, which I didn't expect. I didn't expect that either, in all honesty, because um, she doesn't really finish people. But um, I'm glad she did. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, it was. I felt bad for Carolina because she's just such a sweetheart, man, mm-hmm. and she it really devastated. Her. I don't know who was more broken, Jose or her. Yeah, probably Jose, honestly, because now he's got two losses. Where Carolina just lost the title, and it kind of makes sense, like. I think what you end up doing is when you put in the the women's when you put in the new women's division 
the feather, not the featherweight, the uh, flyweight division, right? Yes. The one right in between the, the strawweight and the bantamweight. bantamweight. I think Carol, Claudia fights for that belt immediately because I think Joanna stays at whatever. And then if Claudia beats either whoever wants to come up and meet her, right? Whether it's Rose Nama Yunus. Do you think Claudia goes to one twenty? Claudia goes to one twenty five. I think so. Yeah, she made weight with sweatpants on. Yeah, but she's super muscular. There's going to be a lot of the thing is, is the flyweight division opens up a lot of opportunities because a lot of bantam weights will come down and a lot of straw weights will go up, and. It, they it does kind of cannibalize the strawweight division, I think, more than the bantamweight division. Um, I think you just get rid of the featherweight division altogether. You just close it out, um, and then you you keep it the the women's flyweight division. And I think I think Claudia goes up just because she had, she has nowhere else to go, and she's good enough and strong enough to compete with those bigger fighters. Not at one thirty five, but at one twenty five, I think she is. Yeah, we went over this before you left. I don't agree with that at all because you had freaking, you had like Claudia fighting like, who was it? Who was there? There was another Brazilian. I'm like, that's. I did Andrade. Yeah. No, it wasn't Andrade. It was somebody that you said should fight at 125. Maybe it wasn't Brazilian, but Pena. Maybe that's what it was. Pennington. I don't Singano. know. No. Cohea. I don't know, but I'm I, just, I just, I'm just don't naming all the Brazilians in the top. 15. I, I just I don't see it, and I could be wrong, but I I'm gonna I'm just we'll get into it a little bit later. You I've already talked about it. I we bet should you be should. doing away with divisions, not adding them. I bet you should change. Well, that that makes a, a a perfect segue after we talk Jose Aldo, right? Who do you want? Who do you want to see get the first title shot at Max Holloway? Mm, Chad Mendes, really. How much longer is he out? Oh, I was gonna say. I was like, "What?" Did you I, hear? He's got to be out another year at least. Did you hear what he got? What he got caught with? Uh, topical steroid. Yeah, but for you eczema know, for uh, plaque psoriasis. Yeah, I didn't know that until I was listening to the fight companion. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's kind of lame. And I mean, Joe wasn't really making excuses for him. But he was like, no, I know he has this. Like, it's it's completely unfortunate. But he didn't say, like, oh, it shouldn't be that way. It was, if I can recall. But you know, it's like Bigfoot Silva, right? He's got gigantism, and he's one of the only people that would actually need TRT in the entire UFC. And he can't have it because he can't use it and fight. So it's, it's a, you know, it's catch-22. A guy that needs something can't use it because everyone else takes advantage of it. Um... On, let me see when he gets off of uh, his suspension. Because honestly, yeah, that would be it. You don't want to see him fight Edgar next? Mendes is it? Mmm. Edgar Swanson. Oh no, he's out for two years. He's McGregor. He's got another year. Yeah, on he's his. got a whole other year. Um, they haven't updated UFC.com yet. Hmm. He's already beat Lamas. He's already beat Swanson. It makes the most sense for Frankie Edgar. Especially because Korean Zombies or Chan Sung Jung is out for torn MCL and ACL. So, I mean, Korean Zombies not getting a shot anytime soon. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to anyways um, with his first fight back or anything. Well, he beat Dennis Bermudez, remember? He knocked him out cold. When? Uh, his first fight back after his military service. He's already fought once? Yep. About two months ago, three months ago. I'll tell you. 
His name's right here. He fought Korean zombie Chad Bermudez, February 4th, 2017. Dennis Bermudez. Sorry, yeah. What did um, I say? Chad. Because um, I thought Chad. Honestly, Cub or Cub or Frankie. Frankie makes Frankie makes the most sense by far. He's beat everybody but Jose Aldo. Wouldn't you want him to kind of cycle through a couple guys before he fights Frankie? So it's like it just when they actually do fight, it kind of gives a little bit more weight to both of them. Here's the only reason I don't want him to fight Cub Swanson. His Cub Swanson's last loss was the Max Holloway, which is fine. But then he beat Hakren Diaz, uh, Tatsu Tatsuya Kawajiri here in Salt Lake. Doho Choi, which is awesome, and then Artem Lobov. So he's had like one real fight in the last four. He lost Max Cub Swanson already lost to Frankie Edgar. I believe he may have lost to Ricardo Lamas, but I don't know if they've ever fought. Frankie Edgar's beat everybody, everybody other but Jose Aldo. It sounds like, and I think that's the biggest selling fight. There's no one else that you can sell me other than. Yair Rodriguez does not deserve a title shot because he lost Frankie Edgar, but a Max Holloway Yair Rodriguez fight would be awesome. It would be awesome. Um, a little bit on the actual fight before we move on. Yeah. What do you think? Why don't you think that he utilized his leg kicks? Someone posted something on Reddit about it, and then they actually gave a breakdown. And I don't know if it's true because they posted a video. And I would like to believe it's true because it's doing pretty well on the actual subreddit. And basically what they were talking about is the Max Holloway's movement was kept moving away from the lead leg, making it really awkward and almost impossible for Jose Aldo to actually utilize his leg kicks because almost like a lead, like a lead left or lead right, he kept his distance and he kept circling away from it, making it more difficult for it to be thrown. I don't know. Like, I've seen him throw a left. I've seen him throw, like, go all the way through the lead leg. So, like, if they check it, he'll go under the lead leg into the back leg. Like, I've seen him hit everybody with, like, I just, he threw, like, one. A lot of people said he was trying to prove how good his boxing had become. And then he started to get caught. And as soon as he started to get caught, it it seemed like he was shaking up. Like, he didn't think he was going to... I don't think Jose Aldo thought Max Holloway was going to be as fast as Max Holloway was. And, and then, go ahead. I don't think he was that fast either. I just think he was technical as hell, like and uh, super smart, like next level intelligent. Like maybe he's, I mean I don't know because I'm not in there, but he didn't seem super fast. He just seemed like that last combo. It wasn't, in my opinion, thrown super fast. It was just thrown well. It was almost like the one two that. Uh, Nate got on Connor. He's definitely not faster than Connor, but it was just like boom, boom, and it just would hit right on the money. He was throwing. I think Holloway's throwing faster than Jose Aldo was. And that's. I'd have to go back and watch it. I just don't remember like being super impressed with his speed at all. Um, but yeah, I'll have to go back and watch it. I. It just it breaks my heart for Jose Aldo because after the whole Connor thing, before the whole Connor thing, like he was my favorite fighter, and he really kind of bugged me. But I don't like to see him like that. Doesn't necessarily mean I wanted him to win. I thought he was going to win, but I don't want to see him necessarily crying in the corner in Brazil. I thought he was going to win as well, but I'm I'm 
glad that that division now has some fresh blood in it and that we can see some some changes, even though Max Holloway's basically beat his way. I mean, 10 fights, 11 fights in a row, that's super impressive. He's basically already cleared out that division other than Frankie Edgar and potentially... Last for loss was to Connor, right? Yep. So he... When people say they'll fight anytime, anywhere, he means it. He he is one of those guys. Yep. He never pulls out for injury. He is there all the time. Um, so this is this is it, right? Since Conor McGregor, he beat Will Shope, whoever that is, Andre Feely, Clay Collard, Akira Corsani, Cole Miller, Cub Swanson, Charles Oliveira, Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo Lamas, Anthony Pettis, and then Jose Aldo. Half of those are super impressive. I mean, Ricardo Lamas, Cub Swanson, and and Anthony Pettis are basically the next people in line to potentially fight him, um, other than Frankie Edgar. Yeah, man. He And I was telling you this before. I wished, because I, I watched a lot of interviews from him after the fight, I wished, I like the way he talks. Like, he does just seem, like, happy to be there, because, like, just hearing when he would call out people like Connor and stuff like that, he kind of just seemed like a prick that was just trying to be the next guy to jump on, kind of. And I was just like, nah, that's everybody's gig right now. But when you go back and watch, he just he really does wear the blessed uh, moniker, right? Like he just seems like he's happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Like he is just blessed. Everything that everything that he gets at this point is just surplus. He's doing what he loves. Oh my gosh, I got the belt. That's this is really cool. This is cool for me in Hawaii. I'm really stoked. Like I'm happy for the guy. And like I said, I wished I would have paid more attention. To not only his fights, also just his commentary, because it's it was a fun weekend. I've been watching him since he lost to Connor, and I have to admit that I didn't think he was going to ever get the belt. I was I was a non-believer um, up until he beat Pettis, and then I mean, and he'd already beat Lamas, and he'd already beat Swanson, and then um, Pettis was still looking decent. And I mean, Pettis at that time still had some of the best striking, but I mean, he didn't, he hadn't looked good for a while, but after he beat Pettis and he'd already beat Swanson and, and Lamas, there was nothing holding him back from at least getting a title shot other than Frankie Edgar. But Frankie Edgar was, I think already tied up with a different fight. Um, my prediction is that was maybe one of the bit. So I don't know how that one plays out, but the, that I think everybody's going to lose their, their belts. I'm going to be wrong because Bisbing's not going to fight. <laughs> and Joanna. I think you said everyone but Joanna, right? Yeah. And Woodley may never fight again either. Um, Stipe, I might also be wrong about. Daniel, actually, I think I'm going to be wrong about that one too. I think he wins. We don't even have another fight for Stipe yet, right? No. And he could fight immediately because he barely took any strikes. Yeah. Um, actually, I think I could be quite pretty wrong on that whole thing. I don't think Nunez. Well. What about Cormier? Yeah, I, I no. Think Nunez won hers this year. She beat home this year. Yeah. No. Let me look. Okay. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was this year. Well, because the Misha Tate fight was in. No, because she oh, yeah, fought yeah, Ronda no, this right, year. You're right. You're right. Yeah, she fought. Or she, at the end of last she, year. Oh my goodness! Wow, I was way off. Um. Yeah, she beat at UFC 200, which was the the last card of last year. She beat Misha, she and beat then she Misha. Put, beat Holly, and then she beat. Oh wow! No, I was way off. Sorry. Let me let's roll. Let's take that back. Roll that back. Or July ninth, UFC two hundred. She won the belt. Then she beat Ronda, December thirtieth, which was the last card of last year. 
And now she's got one coming up July eighth. Yeah. What was I thinking? I knew. I that. beat you. That was, I beat you. That was the worst. Um, people have all turned off because that was that was just a cluster. F- just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I. Uh, let me think. I think Cormier is actually going to win. Um, and I think against Jones. Yep. Because of the rust and yep. the mentality coming into it. Yep. I hope. And then we get Gustafson again, I think. No. Cormier's plan is to beat Jones, beat him again, and retire. Eh, okay. That's fine with me, too. I don't care. And I think that's most likely what will happen. If Cormier wins, he'll get an immediate rematch with Jones. Mm, okay. That's fine with me. I don't, I, I don't mind one way or another. If he could do it before the end of this year, that'd be great. The whole thing. <laughs> All of that and retire. Um, and I, I think he stays on for commentary, though. Anyway. He's a smart guy. You want, to, you want me to give you all the champions, top to bottom, real quick? DJ, he's not going to lose his belt. Yeah, I said he wasn't going to. Well, he might. He might lose his whole division. Cody Garbrandt, well, TJ Dillashardy lost his, right? He lost it. Like, right. Well, or Dominic Cruz lost his because Dominic yeah. beat TJ. Yes. Got the that, belt that, back. Yes, that, there was a change in that division. Yes. Jose Aldo lost his belt. Conor McGregor is not going to fight, so he can't technically lose the lightweight belt. What is going on in the lightweight division? I guess Eddie, Eddie Alvarez just fight, but like, when's Khabib gonna fight? When's Tony gonna fight? I don't think Khabib when's, can make one fifty. Khabib can make one fifty five. He was supposed to go potentially up to welterweight again, right? Yeah, he can't fight one fifty five. Michael Chiesa is the next one, and I guess Al Iaquinta just fight fought. So did Dustin Poirier. But there's, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of big names in the lightweight division. RDA is fighting at welterweight, but. It's just very interesting, then. Uh, Tyron Woodley, he loses it before the end of the year. I don't know if he fights. It's we got six months still. Did they? He's gonna fight before the end of the year. Who? I would love to see him fight Damian Maya. Me too. I think he beats Maya. I think it's it's a perfect matchup. Whoever comes in with a better game plan is gonna or implements their game plan, which is is a big duh. But I mean, like. I don't think that's a puncher's chance one. It's either one's going to knock somebody out or the other one's going to submit the other one. Tyron Woodley is small, compact, strong, and a Division One wrestler. So Damian Maia is the best jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu practitioner woof, in the UFC. However, if you can out-muscle a BJJ guy with your wrestling, you can keep him from getting the holds many times, and you can ground and pound them, or you can catch them. And so, if you have enough skill not to get an arm taken or your back taken or you know be a backpack for whatever amount of time, I I think Tyron Woodley has everything it takes in order to not lose to Maya. The only one I think the only people that can beat Woodley are is is a better striker, just like he lost to Marquardt when Marquardt backed him up and just pounded on him until he knocked him out. Stephen Thompson's a better fighter or a better striker. Yeah, I know, and they they didn't they didn't strike at all. That's the annoying part of both of those fights. I don't know. I I think Maya could just as easily catch him on the ground. Um, he's he's this whole you know like that's who he's been training for. Maya, yeah, like he's just been training for him for probably a year now. I just I think he comes in a lot more prepared than he did against Masvidal. That that division's pretty weak outside of. 
I mean, Damian Maia, Stephen Thompson, very strong. Robbie Lawler, still very strong. Jorge Masvidal just jumped up. No Magni. Eh. Well, if Condit's if more like Lawler Don. loses to if Lawler loses to Cerrone, Cerrone's going to get a title shot. But that that ruins Lawler too because Masvidal just beat Cerrone's and Masvidal That's just true. lost to to Maya, Maya. So, but he did really well against Maya. He did. Big ups to him. Much better than I thought he was going to. All right, Bisbing, he may not fight, right? Because he said October, or is that GSP said October. But then Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker are fighting, which is just them cannibalizing that division because those are two guys that were up next for the title shot. They should have let one of those guys fight Bisbing and beat him and then had the other one fight. Bisbing won't fight him. I know. I know. It's so weird because the UFC will tell freaking Mighty Mouse that if he doesn't fight TJ, they'll collapse his division. But they can't go to Bisbing or Tyron Woodley and tell them they have to fight somebody. Come on now. Let's go into that. Yeah. So the news that I was reading is Demetrius Johnson went on the MMA Hour and basically talked about finally that how he had been bullied more or less from Dana White since the beginning of his career, that he's still not making pay-per-view points, that... Dana White told him that they, they are never going to spend any marketing dollars behind the smaller divisions. Um, and that, I mean, I don't know what you consider smaller bantamweight. I mean, there's enough between, behind Cruz and Garbrandt and Dillashaw, I think. But anyway, that they're not going to market the smaller divisions. And that he had a fight lined up with Ray Borg, but they were going to pull Borg from that fight and they were going to set up TJ. And if they didn't do it, then they were going to just collapse the entire flyweight division. Why isn't Ray Borg saying anything? Has he come out? He did. What did he say? I retweeted it, actually. So let me go find it. So give me your thoughts while I look for this. Um, we were talking about this a little bit before, too, because I think this is this is really big news just because of how they're acting with fighters now. They, I always bring it up, but it always goes back to the Reebok deal. The fighters don't have any say, which, of course, they don't. There's no union or anything like that to protect them. But... Um, I think that Demetrius is the guy that's always going going to. He can commentate. He doesn't, but he can. He can do Twitch. Um, I don't think he's ever going to make a ton of money because people are just going to see him as like a um a rich fighter, and they're not going to donate like mm-hmm. they or subscribe as often as they would somebody who they see as just the average Joe. But he could do. He could start a gym in Seattle. Um, he has so many options. He doesn't. He's a smart enough guy. He can be successful anywhere. He doesn't need a shitty division. I mean, he's he's already, he is who he is, man. He will always have a job somewhere, in my opinion. He doesn't need to be bullied. I really like his move. However, I wished he would fight TJ, but even if they shut the division, I want it shut anyways. I just don't like the means and the way that they're doing it. That last part was a, a, a lot of discussion in a very small area. You you still want them to fight TJ, which we can discuss. You still want them to close the division, which we, which I want to discuss. I've got Ray Borg right here on the phone. Just joking. On Twitter, he tweeted two hours ago, this is a cutthroat business and the image that all the fans have on how things work is 100% wrong. I think most educated fans realize how backwards and corrupt the UFC are. We can remember... Dana White threatening Anderson Silva that if he fought, um, if he fought, who did he fight after Damian Maya? Anyway, if he fought the same way after Damian, oh, Chelsea in the same way he fought Damian Maya, that he'd be cut. 
he basically told GSP that he was up in the night for leaving and that, you know, they had things under control. Um, he's thrown a lot of people under the bus in a long time. You look at Al Ayakinta, who's one of the most vocal about it. You look at all of the people that want to start a fighters union. I mean, there's a reason that they need a fighters union. I don't think any of the hardcore fans truly think that the UFC or Dana White have anyone's best interest but their own in mind. And I that I actually don't believe that 100%. Um, I think that they actually do a lot, and they did before WME. They did a lot more for the fighters. So when they felt like the fighters weren't taking their perspective into account, they would, like Dana in particular, would lash out at them. Because he's like, we do this, 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 and this for you. I told you this in confidence, and you came out and said, and that's not every situation. Um, well, yeah, I mean, because go back all the way to Couture and Tito Ortiz, who are two of the like most original people in the UFC, and both of them have gigantic issues with Dana White. Well, Tito's pretty much come back on all of that, right? I don't know about Couture, but... Tito, Tito and Dana, I think, get along just fine. However, he finally admitted that some of it was his fault, but I think it's because he wasn't getting paid enough or there was contract disputes. And so he realized he was wrong because he signed the contract, but I think he was still upset that he wasn't getting any more. Well, and Tito Ortiz and Dana White was Tito Ortiz's manager. Mm. I mean, so for them to even have any bad blood later on, I mean, it sounded like they were buddy-buddy to begin with, and that's the only reason he even managed him. There's like 500 fighters on the roster. They have to be cutthroat to a certain extent. Um, not the guys that got you where you are, though, in my opinion. Well, I guess that's tough, too. It's hard to say that they should do that with the, the smaller guys that are just trying to come up in the business. But, like, that I really, really don't understand about this. Um, number one is that TJ or DJ said he wanted to fight Ray Borg because if TJ came down and missed weight... He would be unable to win the the the, the consecutive uh, championship title defenses in a row. But Ray Borg missed weight in one of his last two fights, so he's also not a guarantee to make championship weight. Just as much as TJ is not a guarantee to make championship weight, so that to me is no excuse. The second thing is is he talks about how he's never made money, he's never made pay per view points or anything like that. And he's never been. He's never been. Well, he's um, never on pay per views. I think he did one. And he's he never very made rare. Yeah. And so basically, he was complaining about pay, but then now he's kind of not dodging, but he's avoiding the only fight that anyone's ever really wanted to see him in, and would actually pay to see. Well, yeah. Um, like I was saying, I want to see that fight, and I would pay to see that fight. Yeah. I like him versus TJ. Um, I still think he beats TJ. I don't know why he's not taking the fight. I, I have no idea. Um, I agree. Like I said, like who who else are you interested in in that division other than maybe Dodson? If that division closes, who would you care about even going up to fight in bantamweight? John Lineker? John Lineker's already moved up. Uh, Brandon Moreno, just because he's an up-and-comer and he's an exciting name. Sergio Pettis already tried, and I think he was too small for bantamweight. Ian McCall's way too small for bantamweight. Dustin Ortiz. That's about it. I mean, there really isn't many flyweights. I mean, they could go back over to one, and they could go back over to, you know, Bellator. But, yeah, I mean, there's about DJ, Benavidez, Cejudo, 
Borg, I'd like to keep fighting. Pettis and Moreno, Tim Elliott. Those are it. And then I think Dustin Ortiz already kind of fights in both. And, I mean, the only reason we're interested in them is because there's matchups that haven't been had, I guess, at 135, mm-hmm. so that's not fair. But they've all been beaten already by DJ. Yep. And really the only person that had a fair showing was Tim Elliott. Yeah, Brandon Moreno is going to get a title shot, his, like, fourth fight in the UFC. It's just, unfortunately, I don't know if you blame D, uh, DJ, which, because of how dominant he is, you can't blame him for that. But, I mean, I don't know if it's it's just his fault, like, he made it uninteresting. Honestly, I think that division is uninteresting if it doesn't have DJ in it. So, I don't know. For me, it's just cut your losses. I would be totally fine with them closing it out. I just don't like them bullying fighters into closing it out. Well, and Benavidez or Cejudo would have the belt if DJ wasn't there, and I think that they dominate the rest of that division too. I mean, I like Borg, but I don't think he beats Cejudo or Benavidez. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, give him a title shot against DJ. Let DJ get his. I think, if anything, I think DJ deserves the the most consecutive defenses. Not that it means anything because the division is so weak, but. I think he still deserves that. He's been around, and he did. Sorry, he did point that out. He was like, "Where's Rousey? Where's McGregor? Both of them have gone their different ways, or or more or less out of this." And there's me, who's still here, who's still fighting, who's still doing his thing. Um, do you think this is interesting? Do you think they shut the division down and make him fight TJ or somebody at one thirty-five? Oh god. <laughs> The thing is, if there's any time to shut those divisions down to Listen. get rid of the fly, the men's flyweight and the women's featherweight at the same time, I think you could. I think you could do that. I mean, if anything, DJ's kind of has been his own worst enemy by being so good and just dominating everybody. He has successfully ruined that division to the point where they're ready to shut it down. But I don't think it's even ruined. Like I think he made it. I think it's irrelevant if he's not there. No, because Benavidez and Cejudo would still be there. That's it. That's it. Ian McCall, now that he's back. Not great. It's not great. It's actually really, really bad. So you want to get rid of it. How many? So let's go through this one more time. Flyweight, yes. You want to get rid of Bantamweight, too? Yeah. But none of those flyweights could fight at Featherweight. They're all too small. They'd have to come from 125 to 145. I honestly don't care. You just push them all over to... You just push them all over to Bellator 1. I don't care where they go. (laughs) Just take their jobs. Get them out of here. I didn't say take their jobs. I said I don't care where they go. I mean, Bantamweight, Sterling, Dotson, Caraway, Rivera, Lineker, Asuncao, Dillashaw, Cruz, Garbrandt. The problem with those divisions... And the only reason 145 is so. The only reason 145 is any good is because Jose Aldo existed, and he was a name. The only reason 135 would be any good. Well, your eye favor was the first one, right? But he's gone. Well, I know, but like the only WEC when it was combined when he wasn't 145 though he was 135, and I was going to get into that. Oh, and, no, you're fine, but. The only reason 135 was interesting at all is because of Uriah Faber and Dominic Cruz. Problem with that is Dominic Cruz was injured. Just so happens that Alpha Male just has 135ers in a meal that mm-hmm. just keep coming out. But there's no... The benefit of every other division is they have a history. And it took years to make. 
like 205, for example, we have new guys coming up, but we can compare them to Shogun Hua, uh, Lyoto Machida now at 185, um, Rashad Evans. So we have these names that we're used to, and we can put them up against each other. They're occasionally going to lose to one of the old guard, which we, we love. And we just, it, there's, there's an understanding, there's a dynamic to it that unfortunately, and maybe we just need to flesh it out and we don't take my advice and just cut the divisions, but there's a dynamic to it that it's had years building up for just almost two decades now. So we, well, not two decades, like 15 years. And so it's indispensable there. Or those divisions, like they, I'm not, I'm not stating what I'm thinking very well, but there's just history and there's still relevant names that were in the knots that are still existing in fighting. There's not that in the lighter weight divisions. And so we've lost effectively Cruz, Uriah Faber, and Jose Aldo. And luckily, Featherweight had enough of a rotation and Conor McGregor in it to keep it up. Mm-hmm. One of the things that most interesting things I've seen lately, and I was looking for it as you were going, was a list of upcoming fights in each division. Somebody on, on MMA Reddit put it together, and it was absolutely beautiful. It went through heavyweight and all the fights they had set up. It went through light heavyweight all the way down through the women's divisions. And it was interesting to see how scarce the other fights were, where it looks like the UFC is starting to try and build up the heavyweight division and the light heavyweight division. There's even a post where someone came in and, and showed all of the new signings and where they came from. Um and it, it seems like the UFC is signing on a whole bunch more heavyweights and light heavyweights in order to come in. And when you look at the smaller divisions, over the next, I think, six months, up until I think end of August is when they had all the fights kind of announced, um, there were only five or six different bantamweight and flyweight men's fights. And they were about the same with the women. There just were not very many fights that they were putting together in those divisions. And that kind of goes to what um, DJ was saying, right? That he also mentioned that there's no push for that whole division. Not even just him, but that whole division. Mm-hmm. There's no push from the UFC. And, I mean, they also said that they would never put money behind it. And not that I disagree with them, but I don't think there's a lot of people that want... I don't think there's a lot of people that would want to watch... A lot of those fights like a DJ when he's exciting he's really really exciting and when he doesn't do anything and he fights to win he's really really boring and it was just like GSP right when GSP finally became GSP he was no longer exciting to fight or to watch I don't I mean I don't really remember any fight that DJ's fighting to not lose though Cejudo he knocked out um, Tim Elliott I mean it went to decision but it wasn't for lack of trying I think Tim Elliott just came in just with a good game plan. Um, I mean, typically he's he's going out there and submitting, knocking out. I do not think he's, in my opinion, comparable to GSP at all. I don't. I guess I need to go back and look. So I, th- I feel like I always misspeak when I'm like, oh, let's go see his record. And it's like decision, decision, split decision. <laughs> that's I, don't, what, I don't think that's how DJ is. I mean, no splits, but yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of decisions. We got him right here. I'll tell you how many decisions he's got. Let's see here. I should be going to SureDog, but I'm here on the, the rankings. Okay, and then we'll move on to this week's card. So we've got, from the beginning, Ian McCall, before he won the belt, decision, 
Joseph Benavides, split decision. John Dodson, unanimous decision. John Moraga, fifth round submission. And then he beat Benavides with a first round TKO. Uh, Ali Magnetov, decision. Uh, Chris Carrillo, second round submission. Oraguchi, fifth round submission. John Dodson, decision. Tim Elliott, decision. So he's got way more decisions than he's got anything else. Cejudo, he knocked mm. out, and then Hayes, he submitted. Either fifth round that's a, that's submission. Like almost 50 50. No, 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 no. Let's see. One, two. Ian McCall decision, split decision with Benavidez. So there's two decisions, one, and then a two, third for Dodson. Three. Submission, KO. See, but the submissions in the fifth, I, I can. Those are basically decisions. Those are perfect fights. Those, you get a whole fight and then a finish. Those are basically decisions. They are not. <laughs> not even on top of that, he doesn't even lose rounds in those fights. Basically, unanimous. He, that's decisions. that's more of a reason of him not fighting to lose. Where he could wrap it up after he's had rounds and rounds of winning, he could just see it out. But he's fighting to the very end and trying to get trying to finish people. In my opinion, all right, all right, all right. I, I'll concede that it's about half an hour. You will not. You'll fight me on it right now. Yeah, I. It's not worth it. <laughs> Whether DJ were in the UFC or not, I don't necessarily care, which is sad. The uh, the Horiguchi armbar was at four minutes and fifty nine seconds of the fifth. Yeah, <laughs> nutty dude. All right, so let's talk. Uh, well, first before we get into this week's card, is there anything else that you'd like to talk? Oh, Anjum Laganya loses her contract. I thought she already did. She lost her gym. Maybe she lost her contract. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, War Machine sentenced to li- thirty-five to life. Thirty-five to life, and he's already thirty-five or whatever. He found God. Oh goodness! <laughs> Apparently, his brother also got in trouble for beating his mother, which is also awful. Jesus. Must run in the family. <sighs> yep. Just terrible, terrible people. All right, so let's talk this card. I uh, there's so much that I'm interested in. Derek Lewis lost to Matt Mitrione. I didn't know that. And Sean Jordan. So, you and I are of different opinions on this. I think Mark Hunt wins this, and you think Derek Lewis, Lewis wins it. Yes. I don't think Derek Lewis knocks out Mark Hunt before he gasses. Um, and I think him and Mark Hunt both gas in the third. And so I, I honestly think this is probably going to decision. I mean, because everyone's going to think it's anybody's game at that point. Like, I I don't feel like Mark Hunt's Mr. Cardio by any means. No, no, I don't. I don't think I don't necessarily think Mark Hunt wins by decision. I think he can outpoint him after a while. I think Derek Lewis does what he always does, man. He has to go out there and go balls to the wall himself. (laughs) Yeah, shits himself. I just I felt like I was going to have to poop. Um, Yeah, I. I see these guys going at it. I don't see either of them being able to knock out either. And by mid-round two, they've thrown themselves out. And, I mean, this is a five-round fight, for goodness sake. Yeah, I don't know. Can we talk about how Mark Hunt is 12 and 11? Dude's one of the baddest people in the history of time. He is pretty great. Let's look at his. Uh, other than Antonio Silver, which was a round, five-round majority decision, which sucks. It was a draw. Uh, he got beat by Junior Dos Santos, 
He got knocked out by Fabrizio Vadum and then lost to Stipe, five, fifth round. But most of his are round one TKOs. Walk-offs. Was his last victory against Mir? Yeah. The walk And then he also knocked out, it knocked out Silva. He's he's taken a lot of head damage lately. Verdum knocked him out. Miocic knocked him out. Lesnar wrestled him and then it was overturned. Um, Overham knocked him out. And he took a lot from Overham though first. And then those knees, those knees finished him. He might be at the part of his career where he is more susceptible to being KO'd. And Lewis hasn't been knocked out for years. He's like 43, right? He, it does, it doesn't see here, but yeah, he's an old guy. Fish. Yeah. Um, the rest. Listen, of the- I said I made a mistake. I should have got on the Max Holloway. I like how he talks. I like how he fights. I should have been on that bandwagon earlier. I'm not making the same mistake with Derek Lewis. I like how he talks. I like how he fights. I don't like how he talks. And we talked about this last time. He's going to be a champion. He annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> he's really great. You should jump on that bandwagon. He just there's does room. Things. He does. Sexist things that bug me. Like what? Like when there was the track star where he was looking at it and he was watching track and then he acted like he was going to start masturbating because the girl was built really, really well and he was watching her run track. Hmm. <laughs> I don't like that much. That's fair. And then, but he also did say that he was glad he beat Travis Brown because I think he said that he hits women, but I don't, that's unfounded. And that was one of the things you said that I should like about him because I hate people that with unfounded speculation of having hit their girlfriends. <laughs> I said that. Yes, the dick thing. Well, because Anthony Johnson, <laughs> Anthony Johnson, Travis Brown, basically all the guys in the UFC I don't like. Phil Davis, <laughs> at one point were were not charged, but charges were put against them and then dropped for for beating their significant other. And then, like, the UFC had to do their own investigations with all of them and never really found anything. I just don't think it's fair to just throw that out there if he hasn't been. If there's an ongoing investigation and you want to say something, fine. If he's been convicted, fine. But if nothing came of it and it seems like bitch be crazy, I'm not saying believe him over her. But maybe just don't say anything about it. Maybe just we don't. We just, but now he's fun. Yeah. I'm, apart from that, I actually didn't like that. You're right. But apart from that, keep talking, Derek. Do your thing. I, Fight Nganu. Uh, I think Nganu. I think Cain Velasquez lose, or wins or lose against Stipe. I think Nganu's got the next title shot. I'm fine with that, too. I don't care. I was just, look, I was just looking at these numbers, and Nganu's number five. And everyone above him, it, I mean, JDS isn't getting another title shot anytime soon. Uh, Alistair Overham is not getting another title shot anytime soon. Fabricio Verdum, if he beats Overham, will get another title shot. Um, but Nagano's five, Derek Lewis is six. So I would rather not see them cannibalize each other. I'd rather see Lewis or Nagano get a title shot. Um, but they do have to fight through Murderer's Row of JDS, Overham, and Velasquez first. And then not get submitted by Verdum. Have the odds fight the odds and the evens fight the evens. Solid. That's a solid way of doing it. For I mean, you've almost got it, right? For Doom versus Overeem. It would be Velasquez versus Dos Santos again, though. No. Switch that one up. Uh, it would be Santos versus Lewis. Cool. And Nganu versus Hunt. What about Nganu versus Kane? Nganu versus... That's a odd versus an even, but that's okay. I like it. We'll allow it. The rest of this card, man, 
They're bringing in a whole bunch of people from down there. So Daniel Lewis from Australia, he just beat Rashad Evans. Hooker, Dan Hooker from New Zealand, I believe he's actually looked pretty. No, he's 14. He's 14 and 7. My stupid work won't let me put in the last name Hooker. Says you can't put offensive things in the system. That's funny. Yeah. So he lost to Jason Knight and he lost to Yaya Rodriguez. So, I mean, not terrible, Hooker. Daniel Hooker. Is but Damian Brown's picture just John Lineker? What's going on there? Damian, hold on. We're going to this right now. It's on the Australia. He's on the left-hand side. Oh, fighting. yeah. <laughs> Beat down Brown. I like Vince Pichel. I mean, good for them for pulling more or less that many people from down there. Oh, Dominic Steele's back, too. Yeah, you like Dominic Steele. I do. He fought here. Freaks me out, dude. He's like a, he's freaking nature. Alexander Volkanovsky is also from down there. Beat down Brown's from down there. Dong Hyun Kim is the first fight on this card. Wow. <laughs> no, different Dong Young Kim. Oh, it is. He's 155. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was like, different Dong Young Kim. That's not fair. He's the one with the, like, the bright blonde hair. Also different division. Not incredibly different. It's 155 versus 170, but. It's South Korean woman coming in 5-0. and Let's hope she does well. Japan. Kunimoto, so they get people from that JJ side. JJ Aldrich, she was the one that was on the the Ultimate Fighter, right? Yeah, the one that always seemed like she was just really sad. Yes, yes, that's her. She lost to Juliana Lima. Eh, this card could have some fun things in it. I, I really am not impressed with it. I'll probably definitely record it and watch it. I'm not going to watch you, it live. You know but. what this reminds me of is a Bellator card where they get as many people from that side of the world on here. Most of these people from Australia or New Zealand are all one or two fights into the UFC. None, other than like Daniel Kelly and Hooker, a lot of these guys haven't been around that long. Mm-hmm. Kudaleba, I think this dude, the dude from Moldova, if I remember correctly, this is the dude that painted himself green at the weigh-ins. You remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he lost to Jared Canyonier because Canyonier's a badass. Anyway, yeah, man, I'm going to watch it. We're going to watch all of them. The The only fight I'm really interested in this is definitely Lewis versus Hunt. Other than that, I, I don't really care anything else about this. Maybe the Dominique Steele fight because this Jamal guy or Jimo or however it's pronounced mm-hmm. looked really good in his first fight against Dominique. Oh, never mind. It's his first fight in the UFC. I was thinking of Jimmo, which is also the name of the guy that I got think got hit by a car and killed, which is super sad. Anyway, John Moraga is on here. I just, depending on what my Saturday night consists of, which will most likely be my wife making us plans, I may only try and watch the main fight from my phone and maybe the Brunson Kelly fight. That's that's about you it. You can come to my house and watch the recording. Welcome to my house. Anyway. You got anything else to bring up? We're about at an hour. I did have something to say. Now I can't remember. So that's my singing. It serenaded you. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's not the best card, but it is. These are the cards that we kind of need. Uh, to start making names, but yeah, it's not. It's not blowing my hair back at all. Well, we also said that against the card this week, and that one was fun. I did not say that. I did. <laughs> I you like, had to convince me on last week's podcast. And you were pretty easy to convince, though. This one takes a lot of convincing. I don't think even the most... I, I don't know. I actually know. I mean, Pearson's been around for forever, but his fights have been terrible lately. De Silva has hit or miss. Elliot's super fun to watch always. 
Pichelle's not bad. Still's a wrestler. Moraga. I mean, I at least recognize all of at least one of the guys from each one of these, but I'm not necessarily that stoked on that many of them. No. Anyway. Um. Yeah, if I don't have anything going on, then I'll I'll probably catch it live. More than likely, I'm going to be watching a movie, but we'll do it live. We'll do it live. All right, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we really appreciate it. We love you guys. Tune in next week, as always, you know, sometime between Sunday and Wednesday, whenever this goes live. And uh, make sure your friends to tune, tell your friends to tune in as well. Smash that like button. 500,000 likes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.